0: Pray this morning that you have your Bible. If not, there's one in front of you. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, looking at verses 28 through 40. You can see the title of the sermon this morning. What is truth? And so I thought I'd start this with a good little story. During a trial in a small Missouri town, the local prosecuting attorney called his first witness to the stand. The witness was a proper, well-dressed Elderly lady, the grandmother type, well-spoken, she was very poised, this lady was. She was sworn in, and she was asked if she would tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth on the Bible, so help her God. The prosecuting attorney approached the woman and asked, Miss Jones, do you know me? She responded, why, yes, I, I know you, Mr. Williams. I've known you since you were a young boy, and frankly, you've been a big disappointment <laughs> to me. Now, she said she tell the truth, amen? Uh, you lie, you cheat on your wife, manipulate people, and talk badly about them behind their backs. You think you're a rising big shot when you haven't had the sense to realize you'll never amount to anything more than a two-bit paper-pushing shyster. Yes, I know you quite well. Lawyer was stunned. Not knowing what else to do, he pointed across the room and he asked, "Miss Jones, do you know the defense attorney? She again replied, why, yes, I do. I've known Mr. Bradley since he was a youngster as well. He's lazy, bigoted, and has a bad drinking problem. The man can't build or keep a normal relationship with anyone, and his law practice is one of the worst in the entire state. Not to mention he cheated on his wife with three different women. Yes, I know him quite well. The the defense attorney almost fainted. Laughter mixed with gas thundered throughout the courtroom. The audience was on the verge of chaos. And so at this point, the judge brought the courtroom to silence. He called both the counselors to the bench in a very quiet voice. He looked at them and said, If either of you ask if she knows me, you're going to jail. (laughs) Gotta love the truth, amen? You know, when it comes to, to knowing the truth or figuring out the truth, oftentimes it's really a pill that we just soon not swallow. Throughout my life, I've heard the saying that truth is relative. What's true for you may not be true for me, What's true for Americans may not be true for other countries, and what's true for some religions may not be true for other religions. So if truth is relative, then there is no absolute truths in regards to knowledge. Nothing is completely true. Nothing completely matters, and there is no complete authority or no God. And this is what many people in society are proclaiming today. But biblically speaking, I believe this is the furthest thing away from the truth, because biblically speaking, I believe in absolute truths that come from the Word of God. Now, I pray that you're here this morning, maybe you're listening at home, because you want to know the absolute truths Instead of man's truth that changes from year to year, from shore to shore, from book to book, and from one movement to the next. And here's what's interesting. People have been looking for the truth for thousands of years, including the likes of Pontius Pilate the Roman governor of Judea from about A.D. 26 to 36, who asked Jesus this question over 2,000 years ago as Jesus' very life hung in the balance in the hands of this man, Pontius Pilate. And he said to Jesus, he asked him one question with three words. He said, what is truth. Let's read what the truth is. John chapter 18, look at verses 28 through 40 in your Bible this morning as we read the Word of God together. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor, and by now it was early morning. And to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, We would never have handed him over to you. And Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone. The Jews objected. This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. And then Pilate went back inside the palace. He summoned Jesus and he asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it that you've done? And Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews, but now my kingdom is from another place. Are you a king then? Said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world to testify to the what? To the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me and then here's the question he says what is truth and a sarcastic voice i believe pilate probably looked at jesus and said these three words what is truth pilate asked with this he went out again to the jews and he said i find no basis or charge against him But it is your custom for me to release you to one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And look at the response that day. They shouted back, No, not him. Not Jesus. Give us Barabbas. And now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time of year. Thank you for spring, rejuvenation, Lord. More sunshine. Days are longer. People are coming out, and we're getting busy, getting back involved, Lord. Father, we thank you as well for the numbers of the COVID cases that continue to go down. Father, thank you for people that are getting healthier. We thank you, Lord, for the vaccines, Father, and hopefully things are going well with those as well, Father God. Lord, we just want to see people back in church to hear your word, to be amongst each other, to fellowship, to worship, to read your word, to, to know your truth. And Father, maybe there are some here today that are confused. Lord, we know there's a lot of philosophies. We know there's a lot of people that are spewing different things, different religions, different viewpoints, dear God. But Father, what is truth, Lord? Jesus told us thousands of years ago, He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And so, Father, I pray today, if there are anything, anything in our life, Lord, that is going against the Bible, anything in our life that is going against the truth, Lord, that you would eradicate those things, God. And, Father, I pray this morning, if there's people here that are not saved, if they're not in Christ Jesus and they are looking for the truth, well, the truth is here. Jesus is here in spirit. And so, Father, I pray today the Holy Spirit be moving in a great way, Lord. Father, don't just speak to us today, but Lord, let us hear your word and apply your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, they said, Amen. Now, when someone looks at you and, and they ask you this question, what is truth? Are we equipped? Are we ready to explain? What is the truth of what we have placed our faith in? Are we ready to explain Jesus? Are we ready to explain the cross? Are we ready to explain Easter? Are we ready to explain why we worship Jesus Christ? Are we ready to explain why we read the Bible? Are we ready to explain why we love Jesus? Why we love people? And when Pilate asked this question, I want us to realize what kind of emotional and physical state that Jesus was in. You know, oftentimes we open up the Bible, we turn to a passage, we get what we want out of it, and we go on our merry what? And we go on our merry way. But we have to understand what's going on in the Scripture that we're reading at this very moment. Here is Jesus. Jesus had already partaken in the Passover feast just a few hours before this. Judas is already what? Abandoned Jesus just a few hours before this. He had been in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had prayed for himself. Jesus had prayed for the disciples. And Jesus had prayed for who? He had prayed for you. Peter had just denied Jesus three times and before the sun ever rose, Jesus had been arrested taken to the former high priest in Annas, taken to the current high priest in Caiaphas, taken to Pilate, and from Pilate to King Herod, and from King Herod back to Pilate. Can you imagine all of this happening to you from the time of nightfall and now right at that moment before the sun was about to what? About to rise. What a night, church. Jesus was an emotional mess, amen? He had already been praying. The Bible says in one gospel that he had prayed so hard, it was like blood coming from his scalp. That's how hard Jesus had prayed. Some of the ones that he had spent his life with over the last three years and had put so much effort and love and prayer into, one had abandoned him for the silver, and the other one had denied him because of fear. But here's Jesus. He's already went from one high priest to the other high priest. Now he's at Pontius Pilate. He sent him to King Herod. And now King Herod said, No, 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 send him back to Pontius Pilate. So how would the Son of God who's ending the near of his life in the flesh respond to such a question? And here's where your sermon outline begins this morning. Are you ready? Number one is this, truth is, as Christians, we are what in this land? We are foreigners. Sometimes the Bible will use the word alien, but we are foreigners in this land. And we need to recall that Jesus did not come in the flesh for political purposes. Matter of fact, Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a what? A ransom for many. But I want you to notice the truth in this verse that Jesus shares with Pilate. He basically says a couple of things. My kingdom is not of this what? Of this world. If it were, my servants would provide for me. They would prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now, my kingdom is not here, but my kingdom is in another what? Place. Jesus is letting Pilate know, listen, if I needed protection, brother, there wouldn't be anything you could do to me. If I needed protection, you wouldn't harm a hair on my head. If I needed protection, I wouldn't let what's getting ready to happen to me ever happen to be. And Jesus is letting Pilate know the world as he knew it was about to stand what? Condemned. Jesus was letting Pilate know that their kingdoms had a stark difference. See, Pilate's kingdom was worldly based. But Jesus' kingdom is heavenly based. Amen? Amen? And I want to ask you this morning, church, are you ready? Where is your kingdom at? Have you ever asked yourself that question, looked in the mirror, got really, really honest with yourself, and you say, you know what, God, I need to ask myself this question. Where is my kingdom? Philippians 3.20, and I put this in your outline, but our citizenship is where? It's not here, but it's where? It's in heaven. That's where we are citizens of. Brother Donnie, no, no, no. I'm a citizen of Kentucky. I live in Hardin County. This is not your eternal home. This is where you live and breathe right now. But this is not where you may live and breathe eternally. Now, we know Jesus is going to come back. Amen? Amen? We know that Jesus is going to provide, and this is going to make this into a new world. And so one day we will come back to this world, but not until Jesus, what, says so. I'm not the only verse. The Bible says, 1 Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world. You know, here's the irony of it, though. Are you ready, church? Many times we try to make this current world our eternal world. This is what we do. We try together, we try to hoard up, we try to store up while looking at our achievements and our collection of things. But I remember a song. Now, I don't know how many of you all like the group Casting Crowns. I remember a song the Casting Crowns released in 2002, and it was called American Dream. And it reminded me of something. I want you to listen to just a few words of this song. It goes like this. Moms and dads, hear this this morning. And he works and he builds with his own two hands. And he pour all that he has in a castle made with sand. But with the wind and the rain come crashing in, time will tell just how long his kingdom stands. We will tell. The kingdom that Pilate had been building, the Roman Empire, guess what? It would fall just a few hundred years later. It would fall. But the kingdom of heaven, guess what? Kingdom of heaven's not bound by time, amen? Kingdom of heaven's not bound by human hands, amen? The kingdom of heaven is our eternal resting place. This is not it, and so why do we want to act like it is, amen? But this is what people do. This world that we know it, it's not our kingdom. Now that doesn't mean that our time on earth doesn't matter. But here's the truth. Our time on this earth matters to the heavenly kingdom that we are supposed to be helping build, not our earthly kingdom. Now I asked you, where is your kingdom? And for many people, I'm going to tell you, this is it. For many people, this is the kingdom that they are building with their wealth and their health and their things and all this stuff that they gather up and they center it all around them. And every day they get up and they say, look what I've done. Look what I accomplished. And I remember when John was speaking in the book of Revelations, there was a certain church they addressed and he said, you know what? He said, all of you all think that you got everything you need. He said, but you're poor. You know why they were poor? They invested in earthly things, but they were not investing in heavenly what? Where is your kingdom? Who are you investing in? Are you investing in God, or are you investing in you? Are you investing in the lost, or are you investing in you? Are you investing in your church family, or are you just happy to be investing in who? In you. And truth number two is this. Jesus, our King of truth, was born with a what? He was born with a purpose. Truth is, Jesus is our king of truth, born with a purpose. Look at what Pilate says next. You are a king then, right? And Jesus says, you are right in saying that I am a king. Now, Jesus didn't say what kind of king he was, though, did he? But I want you to notice some things. I want you to notice in these verses how Jesus describes his kingship. Basically, he first tells Pilate, he said, You are right that I'm a king, and brother, I'm going to tell you, I was born with a purpose. Now, Jesus didn't mean he was a king born with an earthly purpose, but Jesus was a king born with a John 3, 16 purpose. Amen, church? For the God so loved the world to give His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall never perish but have eternal what? You'll have eternal life. So Jesus' purpose was to be a king born to save the world. His purpose was not a king to be born to earn the world or to store up in the world. But He says, I came that the world may have life. That was His purpose. Pilate, all he cared about was more followers. Pilate, all he cared about was more wealth. All they cared about was more denomination. Jesus said, you can have all these worldly things, but I'm telling you, you will not be able to take it with you when you want, When you go. Rust. Moss. These things will destroy. But heavenly heavenly treasures, guess what? Those last four. ever. He went on to tell him I'm a king that comes to testify to the what? To the truth. And the truth that he's the son of God who came to give people forgiveness of their what? Forgiveness of their sin, salvation through him while securing our eternal heaven. He is the way and the truth and the life. This week as we were setting, making Madden's video for his baptism, we asked him a few questions. We said, what's it like to be saved? And Madden said, well, he said, I get to spend heaven with Jesus. Nine years old. I get to spend eternity with Jesus. Wouldn't it be something if we started living our adult lives like those of children? instead of being so stubborn and hard-headed and hurt all the time, living with s- emotional scars and anger, but started living with love, and living with hope, and living with excitement. I think many times we come into a church and we think, well, he ain't going to say anything that I've never heard before. And we lose the reason why we worship. You're not here to worship me, amen? You're here to worship the Father. You're here to worship God. You're here to worship a king that was born with a purpose for your life. And he went on to tell him, he said, I'm also a king that is listened by my followers. In John chapter 10, 26 through 27, Jesus told the unbelieving Jews this. He said, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep. You're not my sheep. My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And then John 8, 37, Jesus told the unbelieving Jews this, he who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is because you don't belong to God. That's why you don't hear. Sometimes I wonder that myself. Pilate heard what Jesus said, but was it, Was he really listening? Was he really paying attention? See, at this moment, Jesus may have been on trial in front of Pilate, but guess what, church? It was really Pilate who was on trial in front of the Maker and the Savior of the world, just like you and I. So how would Pilate respond to Jesus' truth? By asking a question that every single person has or will ask three words: what is truth? For Pilate, the truth was relative. For Pilate, the truth was Jesus was innocent. But for Pilate, Jesus wasn't the kind of truth that he was speak, seeking. See, for Pilate, Pilate's truth was 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 about paganism. Pilate's truth was about pantheonism. Pilate's truth was about polytheism, worshiping many deities that were in the form of objects, creatures, and even places that are supposed to possess spiritual, divine qualities influenced by many cultures. That was Pilate's truth. And if you think about it, Pilate's question, what is truth? This question, it has baffled men and women throughout centuries, and it's still baffling people What? today think about this now you've joined us on wednesday nights we've been going through the book of genesis eve after being tempted by satan sought the truth to see if the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was as good as satan said it was she sought the truth columbus sailed the ocean blue to find out the what to find out the truth that the world was really flat. In the 16th century, Ponce de Leon, the Spanish explorer, he searched for the truth to try and locate the fountain of youth. And, of course, we know that destination now is the sunny state of Florida. In the movie Christmas Story, Ralphie dared flick to stick his tongue on a frozen pole to find out the truth. Well, I think we all know what happened in that regard. And of course, there are those who say today, there are no absolute truths that define reality. There are no absolute truths that define who we are. There are no absolute truths how this world came to be or how you and I ever came to be, which leads to our last truth. And church, this is what saddens every pastor And it should sadden every believer. Truth is, many people would rather place their faith in man than in who? Than in Jesus. Pilate said, it's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner? At the time of Passover, do you want me to release the king of Jews? And they shouted back, they said, no! We don't want him! We don't want Jesus, give us Barabbas! Barabbas! And then one of Barabbas, this man was a thief of some nature. He had led a rebellion, the Bible describes. So as a political favor, Pilate made the Jews happy by releasing a terrorist or a robber back into the Jewish community. Why a man, and I want you to think about this church, why a man that had healed, a man that had brought life, a man that had advocated for love and peace and hope and joy and went continually... Forgiving people of their sin, they sentence him to be what? To be crucified. Are you telling me you would rather have a robber, a thief, a terrorist than a man that came to give you his life of love, forgiveness, compassion, and eternal resting place? Oh, Brother Donnie, but we'd rather have. We'd rather have Barabbas. We'd rather have this man than Jesus. Billy Graham once said, he said, "Truth is timeless." Truth does not change from one age to another, from one people to another, from one geographical location to another. Men's ideas may differ. Men's customs may change. Men's moral codes may vary. But the great and prevailing truth stands for time and for eternity. So, Brother Donnie, then what truth? What are truths? Well, this morning I want to leave you with a few truths. I want to leave you with a few freedoms that we have in Jesus. See, truth is centered around Jesus, not beside Jesus, not below Jesus, not above Jesus. Truth is centered in Jesus. Truth does not start with philosophies, truth does not start with science, truth does not start with religion, but truth starts with a relationship with who? With Jesus Christ. That's where your truth starts, and that's where our truth ends. And because if we want the absolute truths, church, people watching at home, if you want the absolute truths, here's a few of them. You ready? Only Jesus can forgive you of your sin. Only Jesus is the only person that can forgive you of your sin. It's not going to be your mom, it's not going to be your dad, it's not going to be your brother, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your first, second, third cousin. It ain't going to be anybody that can forgive you of your sins but Jesus and Jesus alone. That's where it starts. Only through Jesus can you have an abundant life. Well, Brother Donnie, I've got a great life. I don't need Jesus. Well, guess what? One day coming when the old lungs are going to what? Stop. One day's coming when the old heart's gonna what? It's gonna give in. One day's gonna come when you cannot build up your earthly kingdom anymore, and you're gonna look death right in the face, and you're gonna to think to yourself, Oh Lord, I pray that God doesn't exist. Oh, Lord, I pray that hell does not exist. Lord, reincarnate me as a monkey. Reincarnate me as a flower. Reincarnate me, Lord, as a bird or a cat or a dog so I can go and live with Michael Brackett. Oh, Lord, reincarnate me to something. Because for most people, they'd rather put their trust in man than to put their trust in Jesus. And only through Jesus can you have the eternal promise of heaven. I want you to hear me, church, those listening at home. You cannot be good enough to get into heaven. I don't care how good a person you are. I don't care how many good deeds you've done. I don't care how many missions. I don't care how many homeless people you feed. I don't care if you walk your neighborhoods and pick up trash, cans, dirty diapers. It's whatever you want to do. But listen to me. You cannot get into heaven on your own good deeds. If that was the case, Jesus would have never came. Know the truth. You can't be good enough on your own. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're automatically going to want to do good deeds. Because he's changed your heart, he's changed your mind, he's changed your perspective and the way you love and the way that you live. And only through Christ can you hear the truth. Jesus Christ, he said, I am the way and I am the truth there's going to be a lot of people in your life that come and go. There's going to be a lot of people in your life that give you philosophy. There's going to be a lot of people in your life that want to teach you science. There's going to be a lot of people in your life that just says, well, whatever truth is for you is not necessarily the truth is for me. Well, I'm going to give you one, and here's a hard pill to swallow. The Bible says, every knee will bow. You're going to bow one day. For some people, it's going to be the first day they ever bowed. Amen? I want to ask you something, though, real quickly. When is the last time that you ever bowed to Jesus? When is the last time that you ever bowed to Jesus and said, Father, I think I may be trying to build the wrong kingdom. Lord, I I think I may have my priorities wrong. Father, I think I needed an attitude adjustment. Lord, I believe I need a heart check. Father, I, I need to get back knowing the truth. When is the last time that we ever looked at ourselves and be real honest of who we are and say, Father, I, I'm just not who I need to be. Jesus... Gave Pilate an opportunity to look at the creator of the world, the Son of God, to say, Who are you? instead of, What is truth? And Jesus would have offered him forgiveness. Jesus would have offered him assurance. Jesus would have offered him eternal life, just like he did the crook on the cross. But yet, the truth that Pilate was seeking that day, well, that truth was standing right in front of him. But he had no idea. What is truth? So I ask you this morning, what truth are you searching for? Is it man's philosophies? Or are you searching for the absolute truths of Jesus Christ and the Word of God? For some truth may be relative, but for us as Christians we know the truth. We hear the truth and we follow the truth. Who are you following? You know a lot of times we think the things that we listen to doesn't affect who we are. The things that we watch Don't affect who we are. But can I tell you something truthful? The things that we listen to and the things that we watch will affect our kingdom. It's going to affect who you are as a Christian. It's going to affect the way that you worship. It's going to affect the way that you love. It's going to affect the way that you forgive it's going to affect the way you heal inside. Turn on the TV today and you're going to see a thousand and one different truths. Turn on a sitcom today and you're going to see a thousand and one different truths of who we are as a culture. But yet there's one timeless truth. And the Bible says it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you want the truth? Because Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Do you want to be free? Or do you just want to keep going through life, grasping at straws, jumping from one relationship, jumping from one thing that makes you feel good and secure, then it fails? Or do you want to put your time and your effort into the one that made you, that loves you, And that wants to spend eternity with you. This is your challenge. This is your question of what what is the truth to me? And we're going to give you an opportunity as Billy comes and we sing and we have our invitation this morning, church. There's nothing more important than this truth. There's nothing more important than knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's nothing more important than coming and saying, God, I know the truth, but I've not been following the truth. What's on your hearts this morning, church? As you stand this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to come and to pray. Whatever's on your mind, will you come this morning?